Good day, everyone. My name is Anna. And I'm Kirsten. And you're listening to the, the Cover to Cover, Cover Bookcast. So, little disclaimer, I think we're both a little sniffly today. Yeah. Um, this week's episodes are going to be very congested. I think it's the change in weather. Mm. I think everybody's going through it. I've been sick for the past three weeks. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I am planning to call the doctor tomorrow. Yeah, and that might like, be a good idea. Yeah, I think I've got something bigger going on so but going on. yeah so if, if we sound congested that's what's going on but the show must go on we gotta do we got we got stuff to do today we're going to be talking about literature and why literature is important why writers write and why readers read yeah. and yeah so i'm going to be talking about stuff that i have listened to and read in my current english class that i'm taking in college but i guess the first thing that i want to ask is what is literature to you anything that you read i mean (laughs) i guess like the technical when people think of literature they think of like you know school and like things you were reading in school but to me like any kind any kind of book is literature yeah um like whether it be nonfiction, fiction you know biographies or autobiographies all the things that you read it's all literature. To Even me. screenplay. Like yeah. for TV shows yeah. and stuff. If you can like read it and it brings forth some st- type of value yeah. to you, then I think it's literature. Yes. And I think it it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I wrote down here that for me, literature is any form of reading that brings forth literary merit or something that can be learned or appreciated. Yeah. And I said that can come in the form of fiction, nonfiction, academic papers, screenplay, which you kind of really hit on. So that's exactly what I was thinking too. Mm -hmm. But what kind of literature brings forth value or literary merit? What deems some types of literature more important than others or um, anything like that? I think it depends on the person, the reader. Like, um, it's going to be different for everybody. What you what you enjoy to read, what you know brings forth that you know merit for it, different people. It's going to be different for you. It's going to be different for me. Literature is so subjective. It is, and it just depends on it depends on the person. Yeah. I'm not going to go like my I don't like reading um, nonfiction. Sure. I don't like reading nonfiction. That's just me though. But that doesn't mean that you don't. Yeah. That doesn't mean like that somebody else don't. Mm-hmm. Or um, you, know, you know, just things like that. Some people yeah. really, you know, like to read autobiographies and biographies. Yeah, that you know is good for them. But it just depends on the person. Yeah, it's not. It's not just like one definition, one rule to follow. Absolutely. And I, I actually uh, wrote down. I think that literature, anything that makes someone feel something, yeah, is. A piece of literature that is bringing forth literary merit. Yeah. That's what I think. I think even classics that can be considered unrealistic, overplayed, or even uneducated based on today's, like, our society's norms mm-hmm. can bring forth some type of learning experience that is important and integral to that and can be considered literature. Mm-hmm. We see stuff in, in on TV nowadays that we're like, that would not fly nowadays. Right. Or we're watching old older types of yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but every something can be learned from, from everything, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing goes for literature. If literature can spur on a conversation between readers, academics, or even every, everyday people, then um, I think that literature is doing its job. Yeah. 
And I think that's super important. Oh, yeah. Just to get us talking. Mm -hmm. It's to build, like, a community between readers. Oh, for sure. And um, it, I've talked to so many people about, like, the books that I've read. Mm -hmm. And it brings people closer, like, for you, you and me. I mean, we did we went without talking for Multiple so years. long. And then we, you know, both just kind of rediscovered our love for reading and our love for books. And we saw that Came in each together. other. And now here we are. Yeah. No, I I definitely think it's super cool what literature can do, what books can do. Yeah. Um, because you're so right. Like, we, I mean, we're family, but mm -hmm. our families separated and kind yeah. of went our own ways a long time ago. And, yeah. Um, books brought us back together, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, and I like, the sole reason. Like, yeah. And so now we're, like, I don't know, closer now. Yeah. So I guess my next thing would be, what is the difference between creative writing and informative writing um, or academic writing and what makes each of those important? What I would describe informative academic writing as is uh, more often a work of literature that is aiming um, towards teaching its readers value a valuable lesson through real life events. And I wrote down that Citizen by Claudia Rankine or Rank Rankine or however you pronounce her last name is a good example of this. Um, she is trying to put the readers in the point of view of a black person to help them better understand what goes on in American society mm -hmm. um, from a black person's point of view. But it's it's more something that is more professional. Yeah. Yes. In that way. I see. What I, yeah. I'm trying. I'm not trying to say that creative writing isn't professional, but like something that's aimed towards academics specifically. Yeah, like trying to send a message, trying to teach a lesson, mm -hmm. um, and. I feel like doing it that way helps people who read understand those things better. The book you were talking about? Yeah, Citizen by Claudia Rankine. Yes. Um, I would understand that better than, you know, someone just telling it to me. Yeah. So, yeah, anything that just sends a message or yeah. teaches a lesson, like you said. Yeah. I agree with that, yeah. Absolutely. And I guess I kind of touched on this a little bit, but creative writing is what I would consider to be more fictional and aiming to create a safe space and help readers learn important lessons through characters who do not exist in real life. Um, and I would say the Akatar series or A Court of Thorns and Roses yes. is a good example for me personally. That is where lately I've got most of my happiness in reading oh, from. for sure. Um, and more, like, most of my excitement is from reading that series. And uh -huh. it is a fantasy series. And it's yeah. not, um, you know, real-life events. But it, it brought me back into the reading world. It is what got me excited about reading again. And I think that's super important, uh, is that there's always something that brings you back into literature and that makes literature important to you. And that's... Mm -hmm what it did it for me mm -hmm. is creative writing. I think creative writing doesn't necessarily have to have a, like teach anything or like have any kind of message. It's just for fun. Hmm. You think of something being creative, it's just like fun. Sure. Just something that... But it can have a but meaning it can. though and it, it can, can have a moral. I think creative writing is more catered to people who want to escape from reality mm -hmm. and that's yes also a super important part of literature as well. Um, and I think each is important because everyone learns and reads differently. Every person is unique mm -hmm. in their reading and writing style. And I think we need people to keep writing in all genres and all kinds of techniques so that every reader can have their ideal story covered yeah. and uh, 
can have the opportunity to read the way that they like to read. So mm -hmm. whether it's nonfiction, fiction, informative or creative writing, mm -hmm. um, that it's all covered on all bases. And I think all literature is important. Yes, everything. I think that, you know, like authors are, you know, they come from readers who, you know, they have this idea that, you know, they read all these books and they're like, you know what, I haven't read this before. Yeah. Let me just write this. Yeah. Um, you said, yeah. you, you just said something about that. Writers wanting to write something that they haven't read or like yeah. that something they want to read. So then they write it. And then there's this like, that's just the diversity that's, of mm -hmm. books. Yeah. There might be similarities in all the books, but like little things changed. And that's what makes reading so fun. I yeah. love reading. Everything is just so different. Absolutely. I love it. I, I love it too. I think it's, it's super important that we have relatability and representation oh yeah in writing and in our literature so that moves me on to my next point i guess um, why is representation and relatability important vs napal um is a nobel prize winner um in what was what year did he win he won in 2001 um a prize and he gave a lecture and he talked about um how he couldn't find himself in literature so he ventured out to write it himself which is what you were yeah. just talking about yeah. um he literally in his lecture talks about how he was reading so much literature and couldn't find the story that he wanted or couldn't find representation like couldn't find who he was uh -huh. so he wrote it himself and that's where he found his calling and you know his happiness and mm -hmm. the enjoyment of literature is writing um, what he felt needed to be said and what represented in literature, which I think is super cool. And then there's also um, Joseph Lutzi's lecture about how literature can change your life. He talks about um, how he experienced kind of like a depression and after some stuff happened in his life, literature changed that for him and helped him put his situation in perspective, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, relatability, that covers relatability yeah. on that end. Um, and as we said earlier, literature is extremely subjective. So in that way, we can only enjoy literature if it is through a lens that we can relate to and understand in some capacity, mm -hmm. whether that's through characters or storyline. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, a good example of this was when I read the fantasy novel Legendborn, which I have... I knew you were going to talk about that. I have talked I about this before. <laughs> you haven't read this book I yet. I think it, you no. need to read it. Um, it I is, will read it. It is written by Tracy Dion. Um, she's amazing. Uh -huh. Super good duology. I think they're coming out with a third book at some point. Um, it may be fiction, but the author goes out of her way to make characters that are relatable to the readers uh, uh -huh. who do not get to see themselves in literature as often as they should. Uh -huh. um, like L the LGBT community and, you know, people of color and not just people of color, but their culture and like the microaggressions that happen in American society and things that need to be put in literature more often and mm -hmm. to spread awareness and all that. Representation is super important because for people like um, me, I'm a white, straight female. Yeah. And so like that's in the majority of books that you read. Yeah. And so like getting to read books from other people's other cultures point of view helps me understand them a little bit more yeah and um i'll talk about um heartstopper yeah um loved that series it was so, so good. good it's an lgbt 
um, series. It helped me see what they go through. Had I not read that, I wouldn't get that point of view. I wouldn't see those feelings, see what they go through. Um, and now I know, like, it does kind of suck sometimes, but it's super important for people to read. The reason why we haven't moved forward in society, like, faster with these types of issues, like the LGBT community and people of color, I think is because they don't have enough representation in media and in literature. Mm -hmm. And I think slowly we're getting more and more of that. Yeah. But if we had it to begin with, we wouldn't have as many issues as we have today. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why it's so important because representation makes it normal. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. makes it more understandable and just an everyday occurrence. Yeah. Something that's not so crazy to mm -hmm. think about, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think is super important. Not just that you see yourself and you can read yourself and not have to feel like you're on the outside, but also for people who are on the outside and want to know more about those cultures, mm -hmm. that you get to see it and understand it. It helps you understand more. Why do readers read? We're going to get into the main couple points here. Why do readers read? And I'm going to go back to Joseph Lutzi's lecture on how literature can change your life. Um, he talks about his own personal experience, um, as I said before, with literature and how um, when he was in a dark wood, reading pulled him out of that situation. He mentions that literature can be a passage to alternate worlds, um, and he talks about how people can, some people can't travel around the world, and so through books, people, like tra traveling becomes more accessible. It becomes yeah. a reality for some people. Mm -hmm. and. It opens up a reality where fiction can be truth, a, like a fantastical world, like a, a place that you just slip into and it becomes that normal, kind of like what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, moving on to another point, Annie Ernaux talks in her 2022 Nobel lecture about how reading is a way to escape the real world. So, yeah. which I think that's my main point is that the reason why I read is to escape the real world. Mm -hmm. I'm, I have anxiety. So oh, I have yeah. so much stress yeah. all the time and reading is kind of a way to, you know, leave the real world behind and just escape into this bliss of a world where I don't really have to do anything. I can just mm -hmm. watch what's going on, yeah. you know? It's so it's so cathartic. I I love that. Just like escapism mm -hmm. going into a book and you my, my whole thing when I read um, I like to read first-person point-of-view books mm. because I like to feel like how the shoes. person feels. Yeah. Um, and you do get that with third-person point-of-view sometimes. I'm a third-person point-of-view person. Really? Like I, I, I'm. I'll read a first-person point-of-view, but I, re I feel more comfortable with a third-person point-of-view mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm just watching it, like I'm watching a movie. Yeah. Whereas with first person, you feel like you're literally living through it, and it's so much more stressful. But like, you know. I love that, like <laughs> the intense feeling. adventure stuff. I love, I like, I like both point of views, but I definitely prefer first person. It's all subjective. It is. See, like, it's all different. It just depends on the person. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So I guess with that, I would just say to those of you who don't read at all and don't plan to or don't want to. Maybe rethink that because if you're thinking that reading takes too much work or that it's boring, you haven't found the right book. No, you haven't. You haven't found the right book and it's either that or, to be honest, you're just being lazy. And you got to find the right genre for you. There is something for everyone out there. 
For sure. Absolutely. Everyone. My husband, he was not a reader. And he's still not a reader. Yeah. But he likes to read um, manga novels. He loves those. Yeah. And so maybe start there. There's all kinds of different, you know... Genres, even even there, you can you know start with small ones or big ones. In middle school, I read some manga as well, and that I mean I've been reading since way before middle school, but I will say middle school is where I started like really getting into it, and it was because of manga. So I completely understand that because it's a good starting. I really do think it's a good starting point because there's first of all there's a lot of pictures and it helps you really be able to visualize it it's like a beginner's reading experience it's like the transition between a movie and a book absolutely because you're getting both there's something out there for everybody you just have to find it yeah absolutely um so i guess moving on to why writers write this is i'm super excited about this because i am a writer Uh i'm a creative writer Mm i um my goal is to be an author um i am I have been for my pretty much my entire life working on um, different stories and stuff, and I'm currently writing a book that I plan to publish at some point mm-hmm. uh, once I finish it and everything. But why do writers write? Um, I wrote down that Toni Morrison talks in her 1998 Nobel lecture about how writing brings forth everyone's differences in a conversational way. And V.S. Nepal, which I... I told you about him earlier. We talked about him. Um, In his 2001 Nobel lecture, uh, he talks about how his writing encompasses who he is and is an outlet to express himself. Um, And for him, specifically, writing is a way to explore the world and learn new cultures, which we talked about. He also said that writing has a way of creating a story that he wanted to read but could never find, which we also talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, So I think those are some good examples of why writers write. Uh Um, Personally, why I write is kind of the same reason as why I read. It's to escape real life. And it's to honestly, it is to create a world that... I would prefer to live in. Uh-huh. Or, I mean, I write kind of horror thriller I, novels. I know, I to say. So, <laughs> but, I mean, in, in a way, it is the same answer. Like, obviously, I wouldn't want to be, like, murderously killing people all the time. But it does create this adventure that is almost, a, like, desirable. That I, like, I wish I had an adventurous right. spirit yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And it helps you kind of release... Um, pent up feelings that you have like it's a really good source of um relief Mm -hmm. and relief like having the characters lives just in your hand and you can crush them at any moment like it's great push the limits so you can see how far you could take it absolutely there's no limits i mean i don't think there's any (laughs) limits when it comes to writing you know as an author i have never i mean i never i'm not an author Sure. I want to be, but yeah. I'm not that creative. <laughs> um, I've tried, and it is interesting, you know, when you get your brain working and you think about all the different scenarios you could do, the different types of books you could write. Um, and like we said earlier, you know, authors just want to write what they'd never have read before. Yeah. And that's what, I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, they want to write about, you know, things you don't see a lot of. Yeah. Um, diversity, right? People, sure. Authors want to write about diversity. Um, I think, what's the author of Heartstopper? Alice Oseman. She, um, there's a lot of diversity, a lot of diversity in her books. Yeah, for and, sure. And um, I think that is another big thing of why readers, or why writers write. Yeah. Specifically, now getting to the more personal stuff, because I think this stuff is important, mm-hmm. um, just to 
give you guys a, maybe a starting point or just some good recommendations. What is your favorite piece of literature? It's <laughs> <laughs> a big question, huh? I, uh, <laughs> um, right now, um, it's on my brain because yeah. we're going to do an episode <laughs> on it. I knew you were going to say that. Um, Say You Swear by Megan Brandy. Yeah. Um, it is an amazing book. And it makes me feel... It, okay, it's an amazing book Let's not start the cry fest yet. I'm not. Um, <laughs> it made me feel so many emotions in one book. Sure. It was absolutely... It made me laugh. It made me cry. It made me anxious. It made me happy. It was just... Feel all the things. Overall great book. Yeah. And I've... You know, a lot of people don't like it. Yeah. And that's fine. It's subjective. Sure. All writing is subjective. All literature is subjective. So, um, if you guys are into, like, romance mm-hmm. and books that will rip your heart out of your chest and put it back together into tiny pieces, um, reread that book. Or read that book. It's so good. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't like romance very much. I have to be in a very specific mood to read and to like them. Uh-huh. And I definitely like that book like it's a very very good book i love it yes so anyway before i keep going what's your favorite piece of literature i would say if i were thinking realistically the one piece of literature that's really left a really hard mark on me is the akatar series mm-hmm. and i mentioned this earlier a court of thorns and roses it's what a five book series yeah technically like four books four and a half whatever yeah um it's it's so good because it just, it made me feel so many things, and mm-hmm. I think that's why it's important. Like, it really did just make me so happy. I flew through all those books, except for the last one. Um, I just, I loved all of them, and I think that, like, enjoyability, it's hard to find for me specifically. Like, I'll read a lot of books, but I won't overly enjoy a lot of them, and I really yeah. did with Akatar. So, I definitely think if you like fantasy books, go read Akatar because as I said I don't really like romance unless it's just like kind of like sprinkle yeah sprinkled into something somewhere Uh and I feel like fantasy does that well usually and Akatar definitely did so I guess here's a really big question we touched on this a lot during my class Um, are the classics any less literary nowadays no no I just think there are more um Again, I think it's just subjective. I think it just depends on who's reading them, who wants to read them. Um, There's more books out now. So, like, you think of the classics. They were the classics back, you know, years ago. The (laughs) classics are going to be different now. Yeah. Because more books are coming out, more books are being published. And I think even, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm only noticing it now because I read more now, but um, more and more books are coming out more often because Mm -hmm. they're being consumed faster. They're being, there's a higher demand for them because more and more people are getting back into reading. I I personally think the classics are most often defined by school curriculum. Yeah. Um, So like when I think the classics, I think The Great Gatsby and like... Jane Austen. Yeah, Jane Austen and like... Um, Scarlet Letter, things like that. Because even things like Stephen King. Yeah, even Stephen King. Like I feel like a lot of those are classics because they're taught in school. And I feel like once 
the school changes their curriculum to stuff that is more inclusive, I feel like classics will be maybe a better representation mm-hmm. um, and maybe more, hold more literary merit. Um, but I do think that the classics are still literary. Like I was saying yeah. early, earlier, I think everything, something can, can be learned from everything. Yeah. Um, and I think nowadays it's just that there are a lot of negative things attached to some of the classics. For sure. And I think as long as we're having conversations about it, then it's all good and it's all important. Yeah. I do think there, like, there are some things written by old white men that I, I do enjoy, but a lot of times nowadays I find myself reading books that are written by women. Oh, yeah. Very sure. predominantly women. Mm-hmm. And I find their stuff more enjoyable because it is written from a more realistic point of view for me, subjectively. Mm-hmm. That also adds to the bias, because, like, if we're thinking, gen- like, generally speaking, me and you read more female authors. Yeah. I would say that men read mostly men authors. Because when they read. When they, when they read. <laughs> because they can relate to it more, just like we can relate to a female author's yeah. point of view more. Um, so that also adds to... Yeah. Adds to the bias there. Would literature written by a younger black woman hold more literary merit, do you think? I don't want to say more. It's just different. Different literary merit. Yeah. For sure. I agree. It's just different. I do agree. I think nowadays what we need to hear is from that perspective for a hundred percent for sure i think honestly for a long time we've needed to hear it from that perspective we're not going to hear it from an old white man right who's going to write about you know right the black culture or something like that. absolutely i would want to hear it from a black person absolutely i think that's the only person who should be really talking about it Mm -hmm. in that perspective for sure i think um for new readers and writers out there i think just keep doing what you're doing and be open to criticism and be open to conversation because that is super important in the literature community Mm -hmm. is conversation. I think that's what we need today is conversation. Um, And that's why I think a podcast is perfect for this type of thing is because it opens up a line of communication between all of us who just enjoy talking about literature and are passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us talk about literature a little bit. And if not, then we have more episodes coming up that are probably for you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening. I really um, am thankful that I was given an opportunity to do this today. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, I'm not as smart as Anna, so my (laughs) answers are probably not easy to understand i'm not good at putting i understood my, it i'm not good at putting my thoughts into words no i think i use really like really um dumbed down vocabulary <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening guys um we are thankful for you yeah. yes we are and we will see you in the next episode see you later Bye-bye. bye bye